0: hello everyone and welcome to the housewives archives a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives my name is james evans and joining me is my co-host and she has such mugula- <laughs> has she has such muscular legs when she's doing gymnastics it's ellie nan <laughs> your mug <laughs> <laughs> you royally screwed that up, didn't you? That's me.
1: And you didn't sing it. She has, she
0: has such muscular legs, legs when she's doing gymnastics. doing gymnastics, but you gotta stretch your toes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta warm up properly before the, you do any uh, intensive exercise. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, how are you doing? Hey, doing, babe. How was your Valentine's Day?
0: It's fucking awful, Ellie. Bloody awful.
1: <laughs> Mine too! Yay! Ah, yay for awful Valentine's Day.
0: Who should we start with? Who's Whose has been worse?
1: Whose do we think will be worse? Mine isn't... That bad. So something tells me that mine...
0: So you don't have... A, it's just like a general vibe of rubbish. Well,
1: I generally don't like Valentine's Day, like mm-hmm. most people. I've never really liked it when I'm in a relationship. And when I'm not in a relationship, I... I don't know. I think like everyone, or like most people, find the concept of a day where the branding on everything suddenly, even like just your food at the supermarket, is all like, she must be loved cheesecake. Or like... You know, I'm crazy for you, chicken. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why I can't even like go and buy some hummus without around this day, it being like a measure of my lovability. So I was already in a bad mood and the weather over here has been really grim. And I was, <laughs> I was actually. <sighs> Doing ADR on Valentine's Day for um for a little cheeky uh, oh yeah (laughs) little cheeky Cornish something something and I had to go in and do ADR for just the one line uh oh shush excuse me I didn't say anything exactly that's how convincing it was
0: that was the like oh they don't pay you the big bucks for nothing
1: exactly (laughs) I was doing a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Me I set you up dudes. for a nice punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I came back from that and my lovely housemate slash ex-boyfriend had very kindly offered to cook me dinner and I was really excited about it and we were going to have dinner whilst watching the film of Cats because we'd never seen it. And I was like, mm. that's exactly what I need this evening. Cut to disaster. He feels really ill. Although... For some reason, he didn't decide to tell me he felt really ill until about 7.45, at which point I was like, don't cook dinner. I don't want to put you out. Let's order something. Yeah. So ordered food. Food didn't turn up. Well, it didn't turn up ever. But at this (laughs) point, it was like two hours later it hadn't turned up. And we tried to watch Cats, but we were both so hangry at this point that I actually just found it very overwhelmingly bad. And weird and almost upsetting. So we turned it off after 18 minutes.
0: Yeah, you don't want to watch that on an empty stomach.
1: And then we just started snapping at each other. Then I started to feel really cross with him for being sick. Because I was like, it was really inconvenient that you didn't tell me you were sick until like 8pm. <laughs> so that, and I could feel myself being like, well, I'm just really hungry. And he was there being like, oh, I'm sorry for being sick. And I was like, was Valentine's Day sucks. Anyway, the food never came. So at like 10.30, he was like, we have bagels? And... So I had like a bagel for dinner and I was basically sat there being like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I wanted it to be. Oh. So like fairly middling to crap.
0: Ellie, I'm sorry. So what happened to the food in the end? Did we get to the bottom of
1: that? They gave us a refund, but they just, it just never kept, I think, I guess Valentine's Day is busy for They takeaways. were too busy
0: going on dates and being loved up. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy gazing into each other's eyes lovingly. They were like, "Yeah, no, like- <laughs> we just got lost in the moment. Your sushi fell by the wayside
0: oh was it sushi
1: oh it was sushi I take I know it's like it's it's cold it shouldn't have even anyway uh it was nothing to cook I yeah I think I felt very first of all it takes a lot for me to get hangry I really don't get hangry easily so that was quite new to me but secondly I have such a guilt complex around ever getting stressed by bad service or food not arriving because in my head I'm always like but how amazing that we live in a world where you can order food or like how amazing or I'm like this person's doing everything they can or whatever so I also I find it very complicated emotionally when you're annoyed about something like that because on one hand I was like oh this is such a first world problem it doesn't matter that the food didn't come but I was also really hungry
0: and that's a strong emotion that overpowers everything
1: <laughs> and it was Valentine's Day so <laughs> it was like Grappling with my inner demons. Tell me about your Valentine's Day.
0: I see your hanger and I raise you an eye infection. (laughs) So what happened was a couple of. First of all, I feel like we should point out by now we've been recording these episodes way ahead of time. I'm very aware that by the time you guys at home are listening to this, it's been about a month. It's it's going to be like Christmas. It's going to be like Christmas
1: 2024. (laughs) Yeah. We're all like, guys. Remember the, ki- remember the insurrection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> COVID. Am I right? This is why
1: we were really careful in the first like year to not ever talk about like what was going on, just so that you couldn't like pin us down. You couldn't place us.
0: <laughs> and not, it's not like either of us are especially busy. It's just we.
1: Hey, speak for yourself.
0: I, well, I will speak for myself. So uh, j- uh, just for some context, it's Valentine's Day, twenty twenty two for those of you listening in the future I don't have a job right now my prospects are looking very barren at the moment and um I have a bit of an itch in my eye and I don't think anything of it I think I just got something in my eye and then go to bed the next day it's bulging my eye's bright red my eye is half closed so I go and see oh my- an ophthalmologist and she says this doesn't look like a bacterial infection and she says to me Um, do you get cold sores? and I go yeah and she goes that'll be it then And I I go, sorry, what? She's like, it's the (laughs) herpes. She's like, it's the herpes simplex virus. I was like, sorry, what? And she's like, you have herpes in your eye.
1: You have eye herpes.
0: I have eye herpes on valentine's day and at this point i genuinely can't tell if i'm crying because i'm crying because there's just like excess discharge coming out of my eye like absolutely hideous to make sure she has to dilate my eyes and she's apologizing profusely about it and i'm like what's the problem i didn't know what that meant i didn't know that you were rendered blind for the rest of the day oh
1: god like someone who is about to do like a cervical exam or something who's like i'm so sorry and you're like oh god why and then you find out. I know,
0: and then she had to say, just don't go back to work today. And of course I go, Yes. <laughs> I won't go it, back to my job. You go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I You're don't like have. I have a yeah. full time job. Of course, exactly. yes. Job. Sure. You're like me when
1: the agent was like <laughs> when I had the meeting with the agent and she was like, You must have so many meetings with other people and Yes. Yes. I do. Many. Lots many, many meetings. And lots of jobs and
0: things.
1: Lots of and, yes, very work. very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I then can't see. You,
0: no, I can't see what I'm doing. She says, I'm a bit worried because it looks like it may have infected your retina, which means you could go blind. Okay, cool. So she says, I'm going to send you to a retina specialist to make sure it hasn't infected the retina, which could then infect the brain and then give you brain herpes. So at this point, my alarm bells are slightly ringing. <laughs> She also prescribed to me this medication, which, uh, that she says, which if you don't live in America, it sounds so ridiculous. She says, you might want to get a coupon for this prescription. I go, <laughs> why? I look it up. It's $600. So I have to Shut find- up. Prescriptions, so I don't pay six hundred dollars. And also, I have terrible health insurance, so I'm going around from doctor to doctor, wondering how on earth I'm going to pay for all of this. I have to go to some random retina specialist in the arse end of Queens in Forest Hills and get dilated again the next day, and then cross like a twenty lane highway i'm like i, I probably i've, Every time I've, I've been get hit you say it it
1: sort of <laughs> sounds <laughs> like doing poppers or something It sort of it sort of sounds, sort of sounds like sounds an anal really exam really
0: invasive i know like
1: really invasive <laughs> i had to get dilated
0: the first time she said it i just laid back spread my legs i was like let's do it come on <laughs> just get it over with what <laughs> so close your legs oh sorry oh.
1: and
0: just basically spending my day in line in a pharmacy to get herpes eye medication on Valentine's Day was not how I was expecting my day to end. (laughs) So yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, you win. Brain herpes definitely sounds like the kind of thing that a random, um, what's the news um, platform called that they always come up on? Not like Target or Tattle. There's one where they're always like, oh, well, an article came out in Help me, James. Help me. In... Beverly Hills. Sorry, I forgot to say, like, loads of blanks um, of my...
0: Oh, God. Um, uh, Pop quiz. (laughs) Reality bites. Reality, all the tea. All the tea time. (laughs) Spilling the tea. Titty blog. Oh, it's all the fucking same basically brain
1: herpes feels like the kind of thing where it would come out on one of those where it'd be like brandy glanville diagnosed with brain herpes
0: trust my luck if i ever get on a reality show i it would be like (laughs) it's such an alex mccord moment i would my first day of filming (laughs) i get brain herpes and then that's my storyline. i am sat there on the, <sighs> the reunion, at the end of the sofa probably, with Andy Cohen goes, "So, tell me about brain herpes." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, Andy, it was very humbling for me, I have to say."
1: Sporting an eye patch. looking good. Looks like a pirate arm,
0: Arr, me matey. <laughs> <laughs> i've grown very fond of my eye now um i'm gonna be sad when she goes I, i've named her donna after the woman who works at posh because the gormless expression it gave me with my eye half closed was not dissimilar to to our good pal donna so
1: oh <laughs> she will be
0: missed when she's fully cleared up
1: are you feeling well enough to record
0: let's do it oh uh, yeah we've been a good 10 minutes we've been talking about herpes Speaking mm. of herpes, let's talk mm. about season three of The Housewives of New S- Jersey. Yes, yeah,
1: sex-fueled season three. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. If anyone's gonna have herpes, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it would have come up in season three. Maybe
0: Danielle had herpes in her breasts. Maybe that was the root cause of it all.
1: Yeah, the cause of the doctor's recoil. Yeah. She just had coles- oh. coleslaw. Coles- <laughs> just coleslaw? Coleslaw <laughs> spread all over it. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I've heard it's very
0: nutritious for the breasts.
1: (laughs) And the brain. Oh, I'm going to miss doing our Danielle episode.
0: I know. She'll be back. Uh,
1: Okay. So where do we even... I guess we begin where they begin, which is Mm -hmm. they do like a classic Housewives trope, which is to begin a season with a kind of the climax of the... Although they don't... It's not like... What happens a lot nowadays is that they reveal the climax of the whole season mm-hmm. whereas our opening into season three they reveal the climax of that episode at the very beginning right, right, right and then yes. it's like earlier that day a bit like a kind of great b movie
0: i think it might be the first time bravo ever pulled this stunt of showing us the climax i would have and- guessed so
1: because they're quite because new jersey was quite early on yeah but also i get why they did it because it's so effective because we don't know who any of these people are mm-hmm. it's not like In later seasons where it's like this is what's gonna happen to the people you already know. Do do you ever have it where do you ever have it where if you breathe wrong whilst you (laughs) orgasm, it totally changes how good the orgasm is. Um, that is just how, I'm sorry, but girls listening, I don't know how it is for guys, but girls listening will know exactly what I'm talking about, which is if you breathe wrong, it can like, oh you God. can just totally ruin the way. What, squash you're
0: the on. orgasm? Oh, no. Yeah,
1: it just totally... Or it- anyway, that is exactly what just happened with that sneeze. It was like... It was like by either not taking a breath or taking a breath too early. It, like, it came too early. And rather than being a sneeze, it was like half a cough. And I was expected to go, achoo! And instead it was like...
0: <laughs> that It looked very satisfying from my end.
1: Oh, no, it, it looked was looked very horrible. orgasmic. Oh, okay. No. Oh. And I've had many an orgasmic a sneeze. sneeze is a
0: tenth of an orgasm. Mm.
1: A tenth?
0: Apparently... That's bullshit. That can't I just be that right. Up. Yeah. Anyway, on the rather
1: than being um, one where we know all of the kind of pre-existing players, season three does this amazing thing of introducing an entirely new group of people. And with Teresa sort of seeing, I think up until this point, Therese has been a bit of a side player, and it's what really introduces that she's going to be yeah. at the helm of this season. Mm-hmm. I think the risk with what they do here is that I personally think the season kind of peaks in its opening episode because it is so extreme. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. It's so, you messaged me the other day and you were so bang on when you said it's so operatic. Mm-hmm. It's like we're dropped right in the middle of the like ENO.
0: Completely. It almost feels like a tonal hangover from the previous season because I feel like it's safe to say with the exit of Danielle on the show there is a definite shift in the pacing of the show but this very first episode it almost feels like the ghost of Danielle is still hanging about. She delivered drama in a way that was so extreme but ultimately unsustainable and you feel like a change of shifting in the gears. There's this brawl but it's kind of an explosive aberration. And then for the most part, the rest of the drama throughout the season is very slow and steady, this like mm. gentle eking out of drama. So like if Danielle is the hare, the Gorga era is the tortoise, as it were. But you're so right. I think what makes the big explosion and then going back and saying one hour, one hour, one day earlier, or however long it is, when we don't really know the characters is they do such a good job of setting up the scene and these characters because it's so operatic. So we get Joe Gorga surrounded by his clan of men, like, cheersing, and he's like, this (laughs) is for my son! My son! And everyone's like, it, like, feels very medieval. It feels like we kind of know these archetypes. I
1: literally want to write the opera. It's so ready, and everyone has their singing parts, even tonally. Like, you're so right. The fact that there's this chorus of... Uh, this kind of ensemble that's there because of the group setting. And yeah. that that group of men are going to play such a kind of key part in that, that. What's amazing with this opening episode is how macro it is in terms of, it's not like a brawl between two people. It's like a mass disaster, like cultural disaster. It's like they act as the catalyst to an entire kind of mini civil war yeah. within this one like rented town hall
0: in this renter town hall but still is kind of with its faux venetian trimmings and everything it again it feels very stage worthy you feel like you could pause you could freeze frame any point of the big brawl everyone is so active it's one big holistic experience it looks like it could be a tableau from a renaissance painting in some way it's like a
1: for sure it's like how in ballet there are certain set gestures mean certain things so it's like i i mean Guys can't see me, but you can guess what the gestures would be. But it's like you push away and it's like, I reject you or whatever. Or It's like mm-hmm. the lovers put their hands up and it's like, I love you. And it's like Commedia. And you're right. It's very, every freeze frame is a full kind of cart clutching, hair pulling, wrenching. It's so over the top.
0: And then you get the contrast between the activism of the younger generation, the men, and then you have the stoicism of Teresa's parents, particularly her father. the disappointment and the, disappointment and the, the like... Dis- yeah. The,
1: he- the shame and the head shake or whatever. And then also like the tears of Joe Gorgo and all of the... It's like he's doing a wailing lament yeah. through it all just to these like stone... In
0: in Italian, no less.
1: Exactly. Sono animali! Sono animali!
0: Well, you know that song? What is it? I've got to look it up now. Oh, God. I've got to play it because we keep... I keep thinking of the opera thing. Um, You know the song... Um.
1: Well, you're not giving me any hints at the moment.
0: Because I don't know what it's called. Hang on. Is this it?
1: Do you know what opera it's from?
0: It's the clown one.
1: The clown one?
0: Oh, I've got it here. The clown one. Why? Oh, God. (laughs) Whatever. I was trying to be...
1: (laughs) It wasn't playing. I don't
0: know. That's so annoying.
1: But also, what's the clown one? The one where he,
0: he's the clown and he finds out that his wife is cheating on him. So he's like planning his revenge. And it's like, I am i can't, obviously I can't sing it, but it's like... <laughs> like, I feel like Joe Gorg is going to like tear his shirt off and levitate and just break out into this beautiful yeah. area. Like it's, he's the most, he's such a natural on television. Because he just has this innate operaticness to him.
1: I think that we should, for the Instagram, just to give you some more work. Yeah, put the brawl section of the christening and overlay it with um, <laughs> And I promise you it's going to be so fitting. It'll sync up
0: perfectly, I have no doubt.
1: I'm excited.
0: I'm aware we've kind of like exploded at the beginning. I'm just coming out with. Well, because that's exactly what the show
1: because... does. Yeah. So I guess what we should do is then what the show also does, which is to be like, okay, now let's give it some context and go back to earlier that day. Yeah.
0: So I think before even we get to the earlier that day, I think it's just worth talking generally about this change of emphasis now that. So we still mm-hmm. have this familial element on the show, but now that Dean has fucked off and Danielle's gone away, we've gone from a shift. From the Manzos to Teresa and her family, primarily through her brother Joe and Melissa, his wife, and also her paternal cousins, Kathy and Rosie Wakili. And it becomes very, very clear very quickly that Teresa is basically a terror to absolutely all of her family. Mm-hmm. And this, coupled with her and Joe Judice's ever-mounting debts and legal troubles and this, that, and the other, it marks the beginning of a very slow shift on the show. Of Teresa going from this Daffy supporting character, a bit of a jester, to a protagonist. And the beauty of that is that your perception of Teresa as protagonist can vary anywhere from hero through to anti-hero through to downright villain, depending on where you lie with that. And even what I love with the whole Gorgas versus Judice debate is that I get the impression that with fans of the show, they have their loyalties with different parties and so therefore a different take on what's going on. But even then, your angle, you can read it with a Shakespearean lens, each one of them. So either it's very King Lear- Joe Judice is pulling in Edmund, and he's like putting poison in the ear of Nono Gorga,
1: not to be confused with the it. semen poison that jo- that jo the, yeah, very, was so. cr-
0: yeah, those are two <laughs> different a different one. kind yeah. of poison. Okay. It's the bad poison. Um, <laughs> so either that, or you could read it as if you're very anti the Gorgers, Melissa's this like Lady Macbeth and she's scheming for supremacy mm-hmm. on the show primarily through like manipulating her husband. Or if you want to get really daring and take a hot take and make a hot take, it gets bit Romeo and Juliet territory where Teresa and Joe Gorga are these like star-crossed lovers that want to be together, but society just won't let them. From these and
1: warring like, families, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the world
0: will burn around them <laughs> otherwise. And... Which I love. It's just such heightened drama. And I think that one thing with the family element is that we see Teresa getting more and more belligerent on the show. And even though we've seen that before with Danielle, Danielle, because she is so over the top in a bit of a caricature it's easy to sort of see Danielle as a bit of a straw woman mm-hmm. but when Teresa's doing the very same thing to her own family members people who are more or less actual human beings from planet Earth it suddenly reads very differently and it feels like Teresa's behaviour is being held under scrutiny a lot more because yeah. with, with Danielle it's just like she's a whore but with <clears throat> Joe Gorga there's just like a well of resentment and hurt feelings actually requires some introspection and accountability
1: but it, was, it also it kind of drip feeds out like it doesn't explode out of Teresa I think it's quite a I think over this season in particular it's clawing out of her that she does a relatively good job for the first half of the season of playing this role of I don't have anything against Melissa I don't like Um, about how it should just be family and why aren't we all together and stuff like that. And then it, it becomes harder and harder to hide the more that Melissa keeps just being like, okay, let's try, let's do it or whatever. Yeah. It becomes more and more unavoidable. This like hate that's like spewing out of Teresa and she can't help it. And she's one of the most frustrating of all of the housewives for, I mean, you put it so well that time where you were saying the lack of accountability just means that anything anyone else does she is relentless about and won't shut up about. And anything anyone says about anything in her life is either it's like none of their business or it's like, you're talking about the past again. She's impossible to pin down. And I guess what's hard is that the vagueness works for her in the first half of the season when everyone's way of dealing with things is to be a bit like, okay, let's just move on and not talk about it. But the more and more that she gets held accountable and the more and more that people are like, no, we need to talk about the details to get past this or we need to, but to, whatever, the more screwed Teresa is because she exists almost entirely off a sort of silent agreement from everyone that certain things are off limits for her or she doesn't seem to have to have any accountability for.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating as well because she seems to have this duality when she approaches to be honest most of her disagreements with anyone but particularly with joe and melissa that is inherently paradoxical because on the one hand there's that whole as you said you're talking about the past again i'm all about moving forward even though we know that you famously hold a grudge and live in the past but she has this uh, this refrain that she this obsessive repeating of i just want things to go back to the way things were Mm -hmm. she's obsessed (laughs) with trying to recreate it feels a bit sonia morgan like desperately clinging after this past glory that was kind of mythical in the very first place i don't know how real it was I think that's the issue it implies I want to go back to the way things were before you met Melissa Mm. I think that's the thing that she can't get around that Melissa's here to stay and she's unwilling to compromise
1: it's difficult isn't it because it does feel to me my personal take is just like Every time you see a photo of them as kids, A, it's uncanny how much Teresa looks like her kids. Yeah. She just looks like Gia. It's really weird. But it also just feels very clear that she has been a princess and he has been like a prince of the family. And Mm -hmm. they've been allowed to adore each other because they've been told that they are the centre of the universe and Teresa just cannot deal with Joe having a new centre of his universe but what's odd is that she doesn't seem to see any um... it gets pointed out a few times and Joe Gorga points it out later in the season of being like but you have Joe Judah there's one of the times where she's being like oh you're just going to go and tell Melissa whatever I no 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 She said something totally inappropriate to Melissa on the phone this may actually be season 4 but it's relative to my point that she's like, oh, well, if Melissa's just going to tell you everything I say, then what's the point? And he's like, what, you're telling me you don't go and tell Joe Judice Right. Everything that happens? And she can't see that double standard of, you have a new centre of your universe, you have a new family, you have someone who's your everything. You don't get to have that and be the centre of Joe Gorga's universe as well. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like this very strange jealousy that is... like. I don't know whether some of it is like a cultural shift that I can't understand because like the idea with my brother of having the kind of relationship they have is just like so weird. Like it's so sexual and so repressed and so completely steaming jealousy coming off them both where Mm. so much of the anger around it is very reminiscent of like spurned lovers.
0: Completely. We
1: only tend to see that kind of anger when romantic love is involved.
0: There was a, I think, again, this might not be season three, it might be four or even five, but there's one moment where they have an argument and there's this really strange montage that the editors create where it cuts back and forth between Joe and Teresa, both working out in the gym separately. And it's this like these close-ups of like bulging muscles and their faces are grimacing and they're like moaning and it feels kind of vaguely sexual in some way. And it feels like they're they're definitely so creating weird. this parallel here. And Joe says at one point again I can't remember what season but he says whenever I have an argument with Teresa I go home and have sex with Melissa to like get it out of my system there's so they've married virtual doppelgangers of their siblings it's
1: yeah it's really 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 freaky and weird (laughs) I
0: do wonder with the cultural thing though as well I feel like I mean they've beaten the dead horse about family and sticking together that's so important obviously they're Mm. Italian and there's a big emphasis on the family as well but I wonder being the children of immigrants there's that feeling as well of we're in this together like our parents Mm. have come here and they've sacrificed everything to create a new life so Mm. it's on us to carry on their good name and to build on their whatever they've created yeah. there's a sense of with me and my siblings obviously my parents don't want me and my siblings to fall out but it's not like a stain on the family name in some way if we mm. weren't to talk together which it kind of feels like it is with the Gorgas. yeah
1: yeah, I see what you mean.
0: So it does sound crazy in a way. Obviously, this is all sort of subconscious. I'm not actually saying that Joe and Teresa want to fuck each other, but I am. It's definitely a weird intensity that goes beyond what is normal for a brother and sister relationship. And I for do sure. think, and it gets to almost more epic. and more
1: as it goes on.
0: It gets more pronounced, and I
1: like it's at the beginning. It's more like familial, and it, it's going to take a lot of um, chatting about.
0: Well, I think in this first episode, I kind of buy Joe Gorga's side of things. There's a few people who give different accounts of the history of the rivalry. I know that Richie says that he thinks it's Teresa's fault, but I kind of co-sign Joe Gorga's version of events that Joe Judice, I think might be the bad seed in all of this that actually got this started because I think Joe Judice is perceptive enough to see that there's a depthness to Teresa and her brother's bond and that she loves him more than she loves Joe Mm Judice. And I think he's jealous. And I think consequently, he does everything he can to work away in the shadows, whispering in the ears of his wife and his father-in-law to destroy Joe Gorga. And it's, I have to say, during the whole baptism brawl, when Joe Gorga is giving us the rundown in his talking head, it's thrilling when he's talking about joe judy putting poison in his father's ear yeah, again yeah. it gets very shakespeare very hamlet all of a sudden yeah and it cuts to this photo this evocative photo of that him joe
1: photo yeah it, honestly it feels like a screenshot from a staged movie or it feels somewhere between the last shot of the shining where it's like a big reveal uh, yeah yeah, And something from like a murder doc on Netflix, where you're just yeah. like, I can't believe they have that photo of the three. The fact that they're all like cheersing and they're all looking at the camera and there's so much going on between like behind all of their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane, that picture.
0: I love it so much. And it's just so, again, it's just, it's a testament to how Joe Gorga is such a good storyteller that... The stakes feel so high having known him for five minutes. He sets the scene so well. I think he's really picked up the baton from Danielle in terms of having a real flair for a dramatic turn of phrase and everything is... He's um, so dramatic. He's so... He's very good at being passionate and intense within the scene, but he's really good at reining it all back in and grounding himself in talking heads and almost coming across like a bit of a a bit of a reliable narrator as well when he's giving his confessionals it feels like a confessional in its truest most religious sense in a way Mm. like he's very solemn um, He's very he hand on afraid. heart. Very hand on yeah. his heart. He's like got his rosary around his neck. That I don't know if you noticed the lighting in general in these seasons. It feels very. It feels like they all have this like golden light streaming in. Like yeah, yeah. They're in a church somehow. It, it, it just feels very serene in general. Oh, I love it. It's, it's beautiful.
1: Also, they do get increasingly like dressed in their talking heads, in parodies of themselves or their their roles and characters. So you get Melissa constantly in that like pink princess collared corset with the up ponytail where she looks like Barbie she looks like um yeah. she's like Barbie playing Clara in the Nutcracker or something. Yeah. As yeah. Teresa starts to sort of sprout feathers yeah. <laughs> and get more and more extreme hairlines and darker lipstick and become more and more like sort of a character that Catherine O'Hara would like play in Shit's Creek or whatever. Like, a like
0: Black Swan villainess. Yeah, yeah, Exactly.
1: And it's like the Black Swan sort of taking over to the point that she looks like a full panto villain.
0: Completely. I have no point beyond this, but I just love, it makes me cackle so much when Joe Judice his, his His line that he utters before he charges into Joe Gorga is, You son of a bitches!
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, so this first episode, before we get to the christening, we lightly touch on the Manzos kind of celebrating that Danielle is out of their lives. The boys are Again, they talk about her
0: as if she's dead. They're like, now that Danielle is out of our lives, for good.
1: It's like the witch is dead. They've
0: exorcised her.
1: Totally. They can celebrate that. There's nothing really of note. Lauren has a lovely boyfriend. The boys are moving out and Caroline's kind of suitably like half laughing, half crying about it.
0: It's just, I, I miss the laughter. It's, 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 it's a heck of a blow. I'm going to miss the, the fun, the ham game. You know,
1: you're a mom and then they leave the, yeah, the exactly. nest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. I can't. Um, yeah. And, we meet Melissa and Joe, and do we meet Kathy and Richie in this episode?
0: We do. But they're just sort of like background characters.
1: Exactly. All great. Exactly. We're getting ready for this christening, baptism.
0: Uh, Baptism. I'm not quite sure what the difference is. I think they call it no. a baptism.
1: And it's, like you say, in that very opera style, like Melissa's surrounded by her like seven sisters. So good. Uh, who all look identical. <laughs> they really do. And who all just like talk in a chorus of like, no, or like nah. everything yeah. is like all in unison of being like, wow And they're
0: all married, these characters. One of them's married to that really ratty guy who's like, he owes me money. I never <laughs> trusted the guy. You know, it's just, like so yeah. slimy. Oh, I love it.
1: Exactly. And like everything is always this slight... um it's laid on quite thick this thing of melissa being like the vibe is always like all of the sisters or the ratty guy or whatever being like you should do something about it and melissa being like no we're better than that yeah no like leave it or whatever so it's like we very much establish melissa's like i'm the good one yeah we get her famous line about i was taught to be
0: Oh, a, a lady? No, a cook in the kitchen, a lady in the parlour, and a whore in the bedroom. It's, oh, God.
1: What's a lady in the parlour?
0: Just like a, you know, a hostess, I think.
1: Is that what the parlour is? I think yeah. I was confusing the parlour in the pantry. So from was Paris, just from the French. Picturing myself <laughs> wandering around being a lady looking for like the rice yeah. or like <laughs> the oats.
0: Just very daintily. just
1: Exactly. Where did I put that jar no, of oats? No. <laughs>
0: That's where Danielle lives now. <laughs> She's hiding in Melissa's parlor.
1: Exactly. So, and then we have Teresa getting ready for this baptism where but Joe has the shits. Ugh.
0: Joe lives in a perpetual state of either having the shits or being hungover or being drunk or all three at the same time. It's he's just a personification of holding in a burp that like. <laughs> constantly just constantly bloated oh. i'm
1: really scared i'm gonna end up with one of those guys because honestly i look at my track record no. the people i date have a very similar vibe where like i think it's okay while i'm dating them but then i look down the line and i'm like wow they would have been perpetually just hung over having the shits or not wanting to get up and being like joe judice lying on that sofa on christmas morning <laughs> where Tell like everyone because... around you is <laughs> like having a lot of time and you're just like Eyes half shut. Or oh, do you
0: remember Adriana's christening when ev- all the family are over at the house? Like all the women are like getting food ready. They're all dressed up. And he's just sat there shirtless at the table, just like stuffing yeah. his face. And it's like, what are you doing? Don't you do must, it.
1: You must make sure that I don't because I can really I, see I, I w- that no, happening I,
0: I, for me. No, I, I put my foot down at that.
1: So he has the shits. I also feel like Teresa and Joe just use the shits to get out of things all the time. It's like they're it's like, good no excuse. one will question it if it's yeah, if yeah. you're just really open about being like, I got the runs. Yeah. And the way Teresa's very like, and when, I, like when I've got the runs, it's like, it's bad. Like, you whatever. know, it's, yeah. She's right. like, <laughs> I'm not going to shit myself in church. Like, the vibe <laughs> is very like, not in the house of God. <laughs> so Teresa's like running late because she's not going to shit herself in church. Joe Judice mm-hmm. is not coming to the church because he has the shits.
0: He won't come to the boring religious bit, but he will come to the bit with all the free food and drink. It's funny We've how all been shits there. cleared up. But yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, who hasn't been like, yeah. I'll come to the reception once my diary is cleared up. <laughs> yeah. So Teresa goes to the church with her like 11 kids in tow. Mm-hmm. All kind of like falling out of various pockets. Yeah, This is where I would say our opera like begins because now we're back at sort of Joe Gorga like toasting with the men to his son and the women are all kind of like cooing and ah around the kind of white clad bibbit.
0: Yes there's like this moment on the dance floor where they're all dancing with the baby and then Teresa's off to one side she's sort of doing her own soliloquy where she's saying I'm looking at my brother and I'm like pick me like dance with me it dance feels very like me. choose me choose me I'm willing him again talking about him as if he's this lover that spurned yeah, her yeah
1: and mate? there's a kind of like civility but joe gorg is getting drunker and drunker and joe judice now suddenly rocks up having taken some imodium instant Yep. and we get this weird moment where Teresa and joe Judas are dancing with the baby with baby joey on the or is it gino
0: baby joey yeah joey's on the, the dance floor son yeah.
1: And this is the other thing is Joe Judice is constantly just kind of roped into these weird like family photo moments with this odd plastered on smile that yeah. he absolutely has no desire to do. And this is very much one of them where they're like dancing with the baby And then Joe Giudice's mum comes and takes the baby off them and is like, put your other hand on your wife as if it's for like a video moment or like a photo moment. It's odd. It's like they're trying to wrestle back the camera crew to film that. It's like they're trying to reassert themselves as the storyline. Right. Because up until that point, a lot of the footage is Joe Gorga and the other men and Melissa and her sister-in-law and like is getting to know these new people And to be honest, like hearing their disgruntlement and it's almost like an attempt from Teresa to wrestle back the narrative.
0: Yeah, it's actually impressive how quickly they turn into Maybe it is just the shits and we can put it all down to that. But they really do just turn into some villains from a Roald Dahl novel or something. (laughs) It feels like they're the twits in the corner or something. Is that what they're called, the twits?
1: Yeah, I've played Mrs. Twit. Oh yeah, of course. I played Mrs. Twit and uh, a child came to see the show and asked front of house afterwards whether Mrs. Twit was played by a man or a woman. (laughs) Man. So, and was yeah, it? Really like, <laughs> did my job well there.
0: You're very versatile, Lily. So versatile. You have an inherent masculinity to you that's a rugged handsomeness that <laughs> like I admire. Luan. <laughs> yeah. Me and the <laughs> um,
1: They're
0: just such. These new characters, they're so easily communicable characters, even though we don't know them. And the conversations that they're saying, they've filled us in on the backstory so quickly. And it does feel like as a viewer, I want to pull up a chair and sit on the table and be like, oh, tell me more. Exactly.
1: And that's the thing is that Teresa holds back so much that it's like they're quite easily sweeping the narrative away from them because it's all out there and they want to talk about it and they're engaging And it literally feels like the camera then cuts to Melissa and Joe Gorga. They're talking about, like, did you see her dancing with the baby? And they're being like, oh, it's ridiculous. And Melissa tells this story. And again, like, their vocabulary is just so vivid where she's like about how at Audriana's christening she was holding the baby and it's like and Teresa like snatched the baby out of my yeah. hands and like I wasn't allowed to hold the baby but then she's very quick to always be like but you know whatever it doesn't matter like she'll like tell yeah. the story where it's like and she said no my baby mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cool whatever
0: yeah yeah she yeah she's always quick they to like come her for tracks. that yeah yeah yeah, she yeah. she's
1: like immediately like but I'm the chill one and it's literally like Teresa was standing on the other side of the room and was like oh, what are they filming them for again and goes over and just inserts herself into the scene so it's like they're in the middle of doing a take and Teresa just like looms up out of nowhere <laughs> and is like hi guys hi! like puts her head between them and it's like I know I already <laughs> said congratulations at the oh, church I want to say so congratulations nice. again oh. and they're yeah. both like okay and they oh, Joe and Melissa borderline look at the camera like oh Okay, hi. Melissa's like, okay, why are you thanking us now? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to thank you. I want to say sell- congratulations.
0: But that baptism
1: and the baby. It's this exactly. Guy. Ah. It's nice. And Joey's walk away.
0: Just walk the fuck away.
1: Walk away. Do what you always do. Just do what you do. want. Just walk away. walk away. Walk the fuck away.
0: You're garbage.
1: <laughs> it dead. sounds so
0: poetic when he says it. I just don't know why. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: She's going, and he's like, you're garbage and teresa's head like whips back round. it's like what I what and melissa this is when we get the the beginnings of what will be like a season's worth of echoing of like joe 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 just between everyone
0: yeah yeah it's a really nice bookend as well i would say the garbage comment between the very first bust up we have between them on television with arguably the very last in season five with the whole like i ain't sticking with scum like you going from garbage to scum it feels kind of appropriate yeah, in a way sure that it's like the next
1: 45 seconds happens so fast it actually takes a few watches to see what happens because it's so from joe Gorga hitting the table
0: four times it's an adrenaline rush every time four my heart times. race quickens
1: yeah oh, my table didn't make the right noise. <laughs> and I set the dog off because she thought someone's knocking at the door. Okay, so that was in many ways a failure. But right. in other ways, I think really gave us the environment. of Exactly, the okay, it I'm led go to... And and the All right. It was me, it was me, it was me. Look, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. See, no one
0: there. <laughs> okay. I Won't be doing that again. <laughs> <You know. laughs> now we know.
1: So we get this combination of
0: this banging on the table and then one of the sisters going, one side, one side, for some reason. I still don't quite know. Oh,
1: because Teresa's going, because Teresa's like, boy, you're talking to me, you take her side or you take my side or whatever. Right, 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 yeah. And, oh yeah, 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 because Teresa's being like, why would you invite me? And the sister's like, I think it was more of a technicality. Technicality. Wow. my microphone. It was a technicality. It was a, it. was more of a technicality. Um, And this is when, yeah, Teresa's being like, when you talk to me, you take my side. And she's like, no, no, honey, one side, one side. And Joe Gawker's just like, enough. Boom, 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 boom. And like, drink oh. flies up as he does it. And it's like, this is where the song would start.
0: Completely. And then what does prompt it? Is it the, you son of a bitches?
1: Yeah. No, because no, Gia comes so along fast. and
0: Gia's trying to separate them. It's so disturbing.
1: No, doesn't that happens afterwards. Because they have one, because they have two. So first, Joe Giudice charges them. And they have their first kind of brawl. Then I think there's the bit where Gia's being like, I don't want them to fight. And they get, like, separated. Then there's the second brawl, which is the one where the cameraman it looks like they get trampled, but I actually think potentially the cameraman just falls down the stairs. (laughs) God. Because when you watch, they play it in the like coming up on and it makes it look like the cameraman is like full on stampeded. But if you look at the setup of the room, I swear that the cameraman just doesn't realize that there's the steps down into the... I think they get semi-pushed. I, maybe they get like pushed down the stairs but I definitely think the reason the camera goes up isn't because they got trampled on I think it's because they fell backwards
0: I do genuinely wonder if it's an insurance nightmare for the production crew for Jersey specifically it must be an occupational hazard that specifically you're
1: get hurt. yeah 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 absolutely because then what happens and this is what's so amazing about this episode is forget Joe Judice and Joe Gorgo. it's just everyone just suddenly goes into everyone. a brawl and Melissa's just there being like this is what happens like If you get a load of... Again, this is just interesting. It's like another era where she's basically like, well, what do you expect? Men will be men. Now all the men are all head up and the men are... And the men all just seem to want to kill each other. Either there is all pre-existing feuds we don't obviously know about and it just like brings them all to a head or it's just like a free for all and it's like... The women are all practically doing that to each other and just, like, pushing each other out the way. Everything has this weirdly sexual vibe where um, I really want to talk about whoever the woman is holding yes. on to Joe Judy's.
0: Hanging off of his neck. Really attached
1: Hanging off of him. Literally being like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Jeez. <laughs> it's so... If you freeze frame that, you'd be like, that's his wife, right? And it's really weird because it's not. And you're just like, who is that? And he's holding her like they're together.
0: I think it's a testament to the kind of Italian culture. I want—I know I'm making like sweeping generalizations here, but it feels like there's this treatment of women where it's like you marry your mother And I feel like the roles of women in an Italian family, or at least in this weird warped version of an Italian family in New Jersey, where it's very slippery, where your wife could be your mother or your sister could be your mother or your sister could be your wife. They all just like, whenever they're all fighting. I think he just didn't know who it was. I don't even think it's a case of mistaken identity. I think it's more just an extension of that Melissa Gorga thing of the playing the three roles of women that you're a whore in the bedroom, you're a cook in the kitchen, and you're a lady in the parlor. Basically, you're a slut or a mother or a wife. And this is like completely baseless and people are probably going to come at me but i i get the impression from what we've seen over the years that the women in this community have been groomed from an early age to subconsciously always make themselves available to men in whatever role is required of them and you, to play those different roles so whether that means being their wife or nurturing them emotionally or feeding them in the kitchen or just giving them lots of sex or acting like a bit of a sister like it so there just weird. seems to be an unspoken understanding amongst all of the women in this scenario that even if joe judice's wife isn't there some woman has to step up and play well that she
1: looks straight out of the opera
0: completely she
1: just needs like a black shawl and like a red flower in her hair and they're all like um, beating
0: their breasts and like oh no i know
1: and like and pulling hair as well, like you get this whole thing that Joe Judice's mom gets into a fight with like Fucking Melissa's sister.
0: Fucking she's a brawler. She, she's starting. She's starting. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: she's starting. And it's always that same
0: <laughs> shot. They cut back to her, of her like almost looking directly into the camera, being like, "What are you gonna do about it, huh?" <laughs> hey. <laughs> And I loved. It's so funny that this takeaway. We find out a few episodes later that she punched one of Melissa's sisters. Melissa's in the face. seven <laughs> sisters, or whatever.
1: Um, so then Kathy makes this point, which Teresa will hold against her all season. But she is bang on, which is no one is with the kids. And I know Teresa's argument is a bit like, it was a christening, it was family, like, the kids weren't unattended. It's not like they were in the middle of the street on their own. But I'm like, they were also in the middle of, like, a mass brawl. It's weird that everyone wasn't like, where are my children (laughs) immediately? And... Kathy does do the right thing, which is to get them out of the way. Well, she says it. It's not like she says
0: it unprompted either. Teresa, she says it as a direct response to Teresa saying, and where were you? You were nowhere. You you were out of there before. And it's like, yeah, she was out of there because she was escorting children out. Your kids. Some of them happened to be yours. So
1: Exactly. So Kathy gets the kids out. And this is when we start to get a lot of shots of Teresa and Joe's parents. Their dad is such... A character with his like bulging eyes and his yeah. minimum not just English but like he meant like minimum speaking and he just yeah. like stands there looking kind of terrifying and ashamed and disappointed but also like furious and they just seem to have like a very lovely placating quiet mum who just it's a similar vibe of everything is about the husband
0: it's a very concise insight into the treatment of men and machismo as well, because as soon as Joe Gorga is displaying any emotion and he's talking to his mother, again in Italian, being like,
1: fria! You're fria!
0: And then you get Joe's dad basically telling him he's a big girl's blouse because, and like a mummy's boy. and
1: Yeah. It's so intense, the like two minutes where between him talking to his mum and Joe Gorg just goes into a register that I didn't know people could speak in where he's like you're my father oh, my and it's just the like range, oh god
0: vocal range he's strange he's in his falsetto honestly
1: oh, it makes my yeah. throat hurt thinking about it and it's like there's so much pain and so much you can't believe that that's where we're like meeting these people yeah and there's also just like so much alcohol in everyone's system
0: That's their way of drawing a line under it, isn't it? Cuz then we get Rizzo the rat again, like taking Joe Gorgon be like, "I got you back. <laughs> I got you back. Here's my here's my brother. We'll go get a drink at the bar." <laughs> exactly. Oh, everything's <laughs> just
1: like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I I think we have to leave it there for today in terms of like I oh think Oh my
0: god. I didn't want to do this, but we have to do I this. I know.
1: I think it was a really good introduction to the season, and now I think it means that next week we can um just chat our heart's content about the gorgeous wholesome thanksgiving christmas section of the show that was one of my favorite things to watch ever in january and it made me so happy and i just want to talk about all of their christmases and obviously that christmas party both parts and the reunion and i just uh yeah and how could we forget Gia's songs um i'm struggling a bit with watching housewives at the moment because i watch on hey you on my iPad and for some reason please if anyone else is having the same thing write and tell me how to fix it but all the time the sound goes the sound out of sync. The sound goes out of sync. It's, uh... it's
0: maddening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's getting me to a point where I'm like, I actually can't watch House no, I'm so sick of stopping it.
0: Yeah. So the only way i fixed it, I don't know if you can do it on your iPad, but I normally would watch it on Safari, but I've changed the browser to Firefox and it's fixed it.
1: Interesting. So if you can get Firefox. Okay, if on anyone's your iPad, having the same problem, there's the solution. I... No, I thought I was the only one. It's, it's so annoying. Maddening. Yeah. And it's just hit a point where I'm like I can't watch housewives at the moment because it's annoying me too much. Um so I'm actually a bit behind For anyone else that's watching along with us, I'm currently like mid-season four, but it's getting to a point where I feel like you're going to have to do the podcast with Macy instead of me because she's way ahead of me. And I was thinking,
0: should we get Macy on again? Because she has a lot of thoughts. I don't know if she'd want to come on one more time, but...
1: I'll give her a message, I'll ask. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be fun. I think that she'd probably have more to contribute than me at the moment. So I need to get cracking, which is difficult because Love is Blind is on Netflix season two and it's so good.
0: Are you now in... Because I know that you had seen some of... uh, early New Jersey years ago are you now in uncharted territory or are you sort of is season 4 had you already seen it I think
1: I saw scattered bits of season 4 and season 5 so I'm some things are familiar and some things are not
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. thank you for joining us this week on the housewives archives make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show while you're at it we would really appreciate a rating and if you'd simply tell your friends about the show that would help us out too thank you for joining and we'll see you next time
1: bye